The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competing against them. But, you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted, hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. The Sligo Senior Football Manager, Tony McEntee, joins myself and Adrian on the line this morning. Morning, Tony. How are things? Morning, Shane. How are you? All good. Thanks a million for, for joining us. I know it's uh, it's been a couple of days since, since the action in Castlebar. Have you have you had time to, to decompress, to to reflect on it, uh, I guess, relax and unwind after the, the Connacht final? Okay, I have, yeah, very much so, yeah. We've... Um uh, it was a five-hour journey home, Shane, on, on Sunday evening with traffic and then stop over with the kids, the family and kids with me. So by the time I got home, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd had to think about it. That'll bring you back down to earth, having the, the kids in the car and, and the five-hour journey. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, then, I got home just in time for the for the Sunday game, actually. So uh, I was only in, in the door and the Sunday game started. So uh, I'm not sure if that was positive or negative for me, to be honest with you. Did you turn it on? <laughs> I did turn it on, yeah. <laughs> and the Sligo game was first up, actually, so I, I, um, it, it, was, it was good timing. Yeah, it was good timing. Does it give you... Do, do, do you watch Punditry now with a, with a level of scepticism? Because I, I guess there's a there's the attitude that for people inside the camp, they're the only ones who know really what's going on. So you can sometimes hear criticism or, 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 or even plaudits that, that maybe you're thinking well that's you know if, if only they knew what was really going on inside the camp so I guess from an intercounty manager's perspective watching things like the Sunday game can be an interesting enough experience um, it, it, it can be I suppose the issue here is it, there's no issue really the thing is that with the with the um, from a management or coaching perspective of course people outside the camp don't know what's going on and that's fine but but we're not we're not really appealing to them like you know I think the Sunday game appeals Sorry, Sunday game's not really appealing to us. Sunday game's appealing more to the masses, to the people that are actually the fans that are watching the game or those that are interested in the game. And um, I think, I think, I think when it comes to um, uh, the lower ranked teams or the lower division teams, I'm talking about anybody beyond the top 13, I suppose, at this point mm-hmm. in time. Um, I'm not sure the Sunday game gives them a fair um, perspective on, on on their season and where they're going. And I suppose, I suppose, why I say that is that. Is that most of the pundits, and I've been there once myself, is that most of the pundits on the Sunday game would have, um, uh, to quote a friend of mine, deigned at the top table. You know, they haven't had spent time at, at the lower rank um, end of the leagues, whether it be Division 2, Division 3, or even Division 4. And, and therefore, the perspective on that isn't, isn't as strong, you know. And unintentionally or not, I think they come across sometimes as patronizing towards those lower rank teams, you know, mm. um, because hard on them, it's a pity for them and they shouldn't be there and all this other stuff, you know. I'm not sure that's particularly helpful for, for the wider masses, or I don't think it's particularly enlightening for the pundits themselves to do it, you know. So, um, so from that end, it's on the game for me, um, um, isn't, isn't as helpful for, for me in relation to analysis and that, but I, I would like it to be a wee bit more. Um, inclusive uh, or have a broader perspective on, on uh, the audience that it actually appeals to and there's always the, the phrases that come out as well that you hear punching above their weight and, and even and the, the phrase is probably used for Sligo heading into the Connacht final I'm sure they'll just be glad to be there and it can be a little bit condescending at times because you, you look at the form like since you lost the, the league opener against Leash you'd won nine games in a row which included the Division 4 final and those championship games against London and New York but like it, it, it almost feels like Asher, oh, Jesus, it, Galway are just showing up now. Of course, Galway win the game in the end, but sometimes the narrative I feel like in advance can be a little bit condescending towards counties like Sligo. 
Um, it, it, it can be now I got a chance just to watch it again. Uh, and um, Shane, and you both know at this stage that the perspective of teams like uh, Sligo and possibly Clare, but certainly Sligo, uh, coming into this all Ireland series is that this is an opportunity for us to learn something about ourselves and learn something about um, about the team as a whole, you know, and also to learn um, about ourselves as management, as a management team, and and to bring that maybe into next year's um, Division Three in our case and see can we develop and improve. And I, I want to say this before is that so we won't get the chance to play um, three and four games against Division One, Division Two teams for many many years, you know, but we'll have to get to Division 2 as a minimum to do that and, that, and that's quite a bit away at this stage. So this is a huge opportunity for us and one that we're not likely to get at any time soon. So um, <clears throat> we're looking at this as really a learning experience and something that we can bring something from. from. Now, I watched the game back last night and um, there's a huge amount of positives in this game for us and there's a huge amount of um, good play that we had as well, you know. Um, and I think I think there is value in, in, in looking at these games as to where, for example... Uh, the Slego in this case uh, did well, or where um, you know we were able to curb some of the influence of Galway. Like you know, and while Galway, to be fair, played really well, and they're also a phenomenal team. You know, there were a number of the Galway players which were not as good as they might normally be, and that has to have been by uh, not by chance. You know, there has to have been some influence mm-hmm. in Slego and that. You know, like like Como was quiet and he's fabulous. Like Shane Walsh was quiet and uh, Rob Finnerty was quiet. You know, from a forward unit. You know, um, Sean Kelly had less influence than he's had in, in recent games. You know, so uh, and maybe on another day they would be better against us. But just in this day they weren't. You know, and I think there's value in, in asking why did that work as well and was the Slego players actually played really well? You know, um, you know both teams created very little um, or shot very little wide both Sligo and, and um, Galway and again that's that's I'm not saying that's rare but it's certainly a good play a good practice you know uh, both teams created a reasonable amount of, of scoring opportunities so it wasn't particularly a negative game or otherwise so I think there's value in looking at these games and saying where are the good aspects of these games where can teams like Sligo learn from what can they bring forward you know and it's a, it's a much more positive conversation than than maybe a patronising tone in relation to mm. why they're doing in this championship and, and so on you know Let's get into some of that then, Tony. What, what, when you're watching back the goals, particularly, let's say, and I know you said that Comer obviously had a quite enough game. He did set up uh, the two goals, and um, Tierney will play, uh, will will tear plenty of teams asunder, I'm sure, over the course of the year as well. I just wondered, from your point of view, looking at the two goals, that even though they were different, there were some similarities in that sort of ball over the top, um, and you know, um, one was obviously a slip in in midfield. Uh, both times, that sort of unmarked runner. Uh, comes comes in into play in the shape of tyranny in that case. What do you, are you looking at that saying? Here's what we should have done differently on that, or what's your um, learning out of it? So, so the second goal first. Um, I, I, I know I, I don't see the second goal as a, as a learning. You know, um, uh, some of the reporters were asking me after the game. You know, is it is the difference between Division Four and Division One? The amount of time you have in the ball, and I said that that may well be true in part, but that wasn't the case at uh, the weekend. And um, the case the weekend where we. Um, coughed up a lot of possession was simply by mistakes. I think it's on the game had it that goal was scored two seven from mistakes or ball that they got back. So going into this game, of course, we know that if we give up possession, that good teams are likely to punish you. So that's not really a learning. That's a fact that you know coming into the match. So the second goal in particular was a was a ball that came across the field, probably travelled a reasonable distance, but um, I think. The Sligo player at the time was a wee bit casual coming into the ball and, and uh, the pass itself wasn't perfect. Mm. So a mix of those two things just, just meant that Comer got in, got, got his hands in the ball and then we were 
open at that stage for a counterattack. And because that ball came from the session that we had won back and our fullback line had driven forward and our players had got forward to try and get into offensive positions at pace. And we were out of shape at that stage. And and once we lost the ball, then we were wide open for it. Um, But uh, the follow-on aspects of that then from a defensive end, Tierney came from behind and he was he wasn't tracked um, as a late runner coming in, you know, and he was able to get in behind and, and just do that. So so that, there wasn't really a learning that that was just simply mistakes. Um the first goal was similar in that um the centre back for Galway, who is uh, John Daly had an he, he's an excellent pass to the ball and we know he's an excellent pass to the ball. So when he's forty five, fifty yards out, maybe fifty five yards out in this case. Um, he has a lovely left foot and he, he floated a lovely ball in. Now, I think it went further than he intended because Coma came in front. And um, when Coma and Eddie McGinnis, the fullback, uh, put on the brakes, Eddie slipped and fell. And Coma then got in behind, you know. So again, you know, that's is that a learning? I don't necessarily think so. It's a mistake. Um, it's, it's a slip. Uh, and then it's a, a pass across to face the goal. Tierney at that stage was, was standing at the edge of the square. So, um, it was, you know, he had he hadn't come late, and his man had moved to the lane to try and stop maybe a, a goal shot from Comer. Mm. So, so I, I don't see those as learnings. And um, to be honest, I see them as just some, simply mistakes that we had. Um, learnings for me were more around, you know, some parts of our attack and play, and um, can we do better at it? Um, are we cluttering our own space in front of us? Um, also, uh, some of the runs from Tierney, as an example, he came off the wing really well time and time and time again like and he was very hard to stop now he's a powerful big man um, let's be fair and, and with, with good pace but when he cuts off the wing and that like he's causing huge amounts of harm every time he does it you know and that's maybe aspects of a game we need, we need to look at and, and learn how we can deal with that better yeah, you're talking positives there, and even as you as you mentioned, keeping some of those uh, Galway sharpshooters reasonably quiet. And even if you look at other positives, Tony, like the, the first ten minutes of the game in particular, like you're running through unchallenged, and that was certainly picked up at half time in the television coverage. That a lot of the Sligo runners, uh, you know, through the half forward line and, and further in, were, were certainly Galway defenders were finding it hard to get a hand on them. And there was a couple of nice scores as well. From I think there was one score in particular, Dara Cummins, I think it was, with a very instinctive mm. score at one point in the game as well. So there. are there are certainly, I'm sure, things that you're going to take away from this and sit down and say, well, look, we did a lot of things right as well. Oh, there are many aspects. Like, you know, you're talking about the runners. Like, and we have, we actually have a lot of pace in, in the team, in the Sligo team. Um, and and it's, 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 it's pace in a positive direction, like pace going forward. Like uh, Evan Lyons, uh, Mullins, uh, Terry, and uh, Spillane. And there's, there's more in there just not coming to mind. But we have a lot of pace and a lot of good runners going forward, you know, and um, I was delighted to see the weekend that there was many aspects of our play that that we have um, um, that we've developed, I suppose, or the players have developed throughout the National League and have taken it into the championship. You know, I was delighted that we didn't sit back and become just a defensive team trying to core Galway because I don't think that works anyhow against that Galway team. You know, so um, so I, I am happy that we tried to put our best foot forward. And they just parts that game, it just fell short on, you know, and, and most of that is, is simply mistakes that we made, you know. But but isn't isn't that okay? You know, this isn't um you know, we spoke to players before, this isn't the case of failing, you know, and because we're now up against three more teams, like so we're likely to get four uh, four tough days out here. But this isn't really a case of failing that we spoke to players about. This is more a case of that's a first attempt at getting this right. We're now going to have a second attempt um, next Saturday now against Gildare, and then there'll be a third attempt against Roscommon and a fourth attempt against against uh, Dublin and each of those occasions we learn a wee bit more when we move on you know and we're not looking at this as a as a, a as a terrible occasion or a terrible experience or anything like that at all because it isn't it isn't at all anything like that you know um, and I think um, 
I think we're all in the same boat as this, you know. I'm uh, half inspired listening to you here, and it also brings to mind the comments of Niall Murphy. Um, recently, Tony, he was talking about you bringing a bit of grit, belief, arrogance, he said. I don't know if you saw those quotes, or were you, were you thinking, Jesus, you could have kept a few of those thoughts to yourself. He said that you're very good speaking to the group. What's, can you talk to us a little bit about how you, uh, how you, people speak about that stuff all the time, but practically, how does that work? Um, to, to be fair, you can only work with the group that you have, okay? And and uh, in Sligo at the minute, we have um, we have a lot of positivity coming on at this stage. Now, not just talking about young twenties here, because young twenties are a fabulous story within Sligo. Um, we've had back to back Connacht championships with two different management teams, and with a big change from last year's team as well. You know. I think there was, a, there was maybe 10 or 11 of those fellas who moved on from the panel last year. So, so there's quite a change on that as well. Um, so there's a huge bunch of positivity there coming with, with those on the 20s. And obviously before that, uh, one of those uh, groups was 17 years of age coming through. And we have the school situation as well with the two colleges um, doing really well. Um, then on the back of that, then we have we have a senior team now, which is progressing reasonably well, to be fair. You know, we've had a really good um, um, Division 4 this year. And I think within that division four, we've had. Um, I don't mean this to come across arrogant at, at this stage, although I appreciate it, it might do. Is that we were comfortable in division four? Um, we won most of our games by four or five points, or certainly in the last couple of minutes mm-hmm. or last ten minutes. In all them games, we were in some games eight and ten points up. You know, before teams maybe got late last minute goals. So. Um, that comfort throughout Division 4 has allowed us to express ourselves a wee bit more and develop our game a wee bit more when we weren't under as much pressure as maybe we have been, you know. And and, and that has helped, that has formed, I suppose, over this past couple of years through an excellent SNC programme, um, which Sean Boyle oversees. And then Joe Keane, who heads up all the, the coaching and the training, Joe, I suppose, uh, develops the coaching plan that we all put, well, I suppose the football plan that we put together and Joe develops that on the football field as a strategy, you know. Um, and then we took in then uh, quality people in Paul Dorkin and Noel Boyle, who's the last captain of Sligo to win a kind of title, and Colin McFadden then um, this year as the forwards coach, you know. So we have a really good team here. Like, so while, you know, I mean, there are aspects of this game where people say, or oh, Tony's involved in this, I really have an excellent team here around me, you know. And it's not just an excellent team, guys, it's a team that have real experience here. Um, because McFadden, Dorkin, uh, myself all have uh, success at our uh, senior level. While it's in the past, it's still very much relevant at the minute. Uh, Noel has the success in Connacht, and Joe, as a coach, he would have been involved in the background teams in Mayo before, and he has an Ireland medal himself playing with uh, Cross Melina. So, so like, I think as a management team, we are a strong management team. And from that there, we bring uh, um, that bit of confidence that Neil Murphy is talking about. Um, because we, we, we do believe that we can offer something um, as a management group, but we also believe that we can actually communicate this at least reasonably well to the players and that the players then can develop as a result of that. And I think to date, um, there is some evidence of that, you know, and I would hope that over the next three games that we will learn, as I said at the start, more about ourselves and more about the team so that can be brought then hopefully into um, a Division 3 next year where we want to emulate the likes of Loud making that progress or Fermanagh making the great progress that Fermanagh has made, you know, um, or Antrim making the good progress that Antrim has made um, coming from four into three and so on. So, um, you know, 
I think I think I think we can do that. And you know, as as a as a management team, we have every confidence that we can do it. You know, I think it's no prob- probably no surprise to anyone that Sligo scoring average has gone up this year. When you when you mentioned the likes of Colin McFadden coming in as as forwards coach, working with Niall Murphy and Carabine and Spillane, as you say, so it's that's that's clearly a a massive coup for yourselves. And as you say, it's it's a solid backroom team. The sli- the under twenties thing as well, Tony. Like what a story! It's it's unbelievable. Um, you know that two point win over Kerry last weekend at Pierce Stadium, such an exciting game as well. This final to look forward to against Kildare, it's going to be a cracker because both teams, I think, will fancy it. Um, do you deal liaise closely with with Paul Henry, or how does how does that all work? Like it, it's, I'm sure, exciting for for you as the Sligo manager to see the depth and breadth of talent coming through. So, so three years ago, the Sligo County Board, Sean Carroll in this case, came to me and said, "Listen, we want to look about." Um, protecting the under-20s and giving them their space. And um, so, so I, I agreed with this. I, um, I agreed with the county board's direction. It wasn't my idea, no, it was the county board's idea. So I agreed with the county board that under-20s should have their own protection and that we would not look at under-20s until such times as under-20 championship had finished. So heretofore, for the past two years, then we have not um, had any involvement of any description or any influence of any description in the under-20s and their progress towards Connacht Championship uh, success in those two years. Um, and nor have we had any um, um, in, um, participation from those under 21 players in anything whatsoever to do with the seniors um, over those two years. Um, now, while that's, while that's a loss for us, obviously, because we would love to see some of them on the 20s, I think it is fair and proper that they get the chance um, to compete at their own level. And when it's over then, that we get the chance to look at them. So at the end of last year, once the under 20s was over last year, there were um, maybe three or four of the fellas come into the seniors just for a couple of weeks um, before the year was over. And then they all joined then this year um, once the season started. Now, I suspect that may be the same with the under 20s this year. Um, but to be honest, um, I, I haven't gone to that space yet. So mm. I don't know if we will look at under 20s coming in or not. And I don't know if they'll be interested in coming in or not. My initial gut feeling is is that you know, God willing, after the Atlanta final and to win it, that they get their break and they go back to the clubs and they enjoy themselves without worrying about the stresses of uh, the current senior football. But um, it's a brilliant story. It's a brilliant time in Sligo. It's a brilliant occasion for, for us. Um, we take a lot from the under-20s success um, because every bit of success in Sligo is, uh, is important. As I can imagine, yeah, chance for a first All-Ireland title, you know, that, that level certainly uh, upcoming. And as you mentioned, you have the three games um, in, in the round-robin stage now. As you said, the home game against Kildare, first up the weekend after next, away against Roscommon then on that weekend of, of June 3rd or 4th, and then against the, the Leinster champions, we'd, we'd imagine uh, it'll be Dublin on the weekend of June 17th or 18th. So that Tony against, say it's Dublin, it's supposed to be a neutral venue game, what do you say, and this is a conversation that's come up in the last uh, week or two, what do you say if someone turns around to you and says, oh, by the way, you're playing Dublin in the last game and, and the neutral venue is Croke Park? Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's going to wash, guys. Um, I think the neutral venue in this case will have to be Cavan um, because if Kildare and um, Sligo can play in our Ireland final and it has to be a neutral, neutral venue up there and it's in, it's in Breffy Park, Cavan, I can't see why Dublin would, would be any different. Uh, or uh, we're talking about Dublin, obviously, as potential winners, but um, yeah, Crow Park's clearly not um, a neutral venue. Because Glenn Ryan, I, I suppose, had those comments after Kildare were beaten narrowly by, by the Dubs in the semi-final in Leinster, and you can kind of see where he's coming from because it, it, it is a home venue for Dublin, no matter what way you swing it. It's In terms of even the dressing room, the home comforts, the familiarity, there's, there's really no discussion there, I guess. 
Yes, no, I, I agree entirely with Glen Rain. And you know, in this case, all those big fields don't offer any um, challenge, any major challenge for that Dublin team. Like they're a very competent team, they're a very mobile team. You know, they're equally as good whether it be in Dublin or elsewhere. You know, so I, I don't see them, the players themselves or the management for that matter, having any concern about travelling um, to. You know, any of the big fields at all, Breffney Park or um, Torless or any, anywhere else, actually, might that any game might be played. So, um, I actually don't think that the players, the Dublin players, would have any issue with that whatsoever. Like, you know, in fact, I'm not even sure the Dublin management would, you know. Mm. Um, so, uh, in all honesty, I, I think it's uh, Glenn Rain's right to raise it, uh, entirely right to raise it. Um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't raise it. Um, but for, for us, any, uh, you know, when playing in Crow Park against Dubs, offers nothing to us you know and so we'll certainly be looking for it to be a neutral venue if it is Dublin Very final one for me Tony um, like how are you enjoying the coaching uh, ultimately so far because I know you quit you quit county football at 29 you quit football generally then across at, at 32 you got into the coaching you were at Stephen Rochford's backroom team in Mayo so you've got plenty of experience uh, at club level as well before that so is it something you enjoy because I know you're you're doing work am I right in saying in, in hospice or certainly work that, that, that are long hours uh, yes, so so I I work actually as a as a, in a medical device company. So I have my own company there um, in medical devices. So I spend a lot of hours in it. Um, so so it, it is difficult to balance the two things. Um, at the minute, most of my role in Slego has been and is now more on the management side than mm. coaching side. Obviously, I do a small bit of that. So because uh, as I said, Joe Kane is Joe Kane is the main is the main coach in it. But um, the hours are. The hours are sizable, and um, when you're involved with Slego, it's like two, two maybe two hours fifteen from home. So it is quite a challenge uh, making both ends meet. But I do enjoy it. Um, you know, I really love the people over there in Slego. I was male beforehand. Like I love the people of the West. I have to say they've been always very good to me and very receptive of me. And um, the people I'm involved with, the county board, and both Mayo before this and Slego now are also very good to me. You know, and. Um, you know, they're always very kind and, and willing uh, to help. So, uh, for now, yes, I, I very much enjoy it. You know, how long that'll last, I guess, it's hard to tell. <laughs> Who knows? I was listening to Martin O'Neill on the TV last night talking about the difference between being a manager and a coach. And um, are you happier being a, a manager or a coach? Um, I, I, I have more involved now into, into the management into the management role. Um, so right now, I'd say I'm more happier being a, being a manager than a coach. Mm. Um, they're two, they're two massively different jobs, you know, and the focus in, in both those roles is massively different, you know. So, um, yes, for now, anyhow, um, certainly in this role in, in Sligo at the minute, um, the management role is, is much more content for me. Brilliant stuff. Well, listen, Tony, uh, really appreciate the time. No doubt we'll, we'll catch up again across the, the coming months as the, as the championship progresses. And uh, best of luck in that uh, round-robin phase. I'm sure we'll be chatting to you on the back end as well. Thanks very much. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Evan. Great stuff. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.